Welcome to the Wizarding Podcast. Just brackets here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, today we're going to bring you an exhilarating Wizarding World episode where we will be encompassing all of Harry Potter and then the first two Fantastic Beasts as I have yet to see the newest one. Um, So no worries, there will be no spoilers in this episode. Um, Zach has seen it um, and recommends we all go see it. But there will be no spoilers. So yeah, yeah. So welcome back, everyone, to the Just Browsing Podcast. Sorry, it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, but we are happy to be back and to be talking about Harry Potter. Um, I think Harry we Potter. we wanted to do an episode on Harry Potter and the wider Wizarding world because I have been, as I've probably mentioned, you probably heard me mention on these podcasts over the past few months been in the process of rereading the book series for the first time since I was a kid. Um, I had read the books when I was much younger and obviously seen the movies multiple times, but I recently decided I was going to reread the books, which I just finished up a couple days ago. So I've reread you know, all seven Harry Potter books. I've seen the Fantastic Beast movies. I saw the recent Fantastic Beast movies. So my, my brain has been on Wizarding World stuff here recently, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed rereading the books. They're, they're pretty amazing. So we wanted to kind of get together and do a little Wizarding World Harry Potter round two podcast because we did one probably last year at some point, I think, right? We did Yeah, a Harry but Potter. I think we kind of more stuck to the movies. It was pretty um, much all about the movies. And we like yeah. ranked them as our favorite and least. So like, I think this is going to be more of like the open discussion of yeah. the world. Of which, I that, that was another interesting thing that I thought we could talk about today. Now that I've reread the books... Um, I think my movie rankings have probably changed a little bit, and I have I have a different my movie rankings and book rankings are probably different because I remember um, we can just kind of like hop into it anywhere. We'll just kind of start talking about it. But I remember when we did our last podcast. I remember what I was talking about was the Chamber of Secrets was like one of my least favorite movies. It's the worst movie, but the the book is actually one of the better books. Like the story of Chamber of Secrets, that that chapter two basically, is really excellent. Like right. I thoroughly enjoyed the book. And I remember finishing the book being like, man, I liked that a lot more than I remember liking the movie, which is kind of weird. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, with all of these movies, there's a little bit of stuff that gets lost from the books because there's so much more depth in the books and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was surprising to me that I enjoyed the book so much because I was kind of thinking like I was more looking forward to getting to Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire. Like Goblet of Fire is my all-time favorite. But I was like, man, I really enjoyed Chamber of Secrets. This is a really good story. Like the storyline in that particular story is just really interesting. It's I fascinating. Mean, you got to think too, that is the first year in which we're introduced to Voldemort. Yeah. I mean, that's like and the first, you know, we know of him i mean you i guess you could say in um the sorcerer's stone that and yes it's the sorcerer's stone here in america we'll just clarify yeah because what philosopher's stone. it started off as the philosopher's stone yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but in that i mean you kind of get introduced when he's on the back of uh professor Quirrell's head yeah but it not really like he's, you don't yeah. understand who he's he kind is of is or his story yeah and he's kind anything. of acting through a proxy he's right. not it's not really him so like the second is like, hey, we're being introduced to the villain. Like, yeah, you're coming into it. But I guess I for, we we forgot to say. Um, so there will be no spoilers for the new Fantastic Beast movie, but um, 
you know, if you a, haven't a, seen a, any a, Harry yeah, Potter, an alert or the other for two. yeah, an alert for anyone who has not either read the books or seen the Harry Potter movies, and or seen the Fantastic Beast movies. Please be advised that there will be spoilers throughout yes. this discussion because we have seen all of those, so we'll be talking about any all and everything from the story. So just a heads up for anyone who's listening and has not, you know, seen all the movies or read all the books. I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but just it's going to be a spoiler. I mean, you can continue to listen yeah. too. I mean. Yeah, well, it'll, just, it'll maybe make you yeah. more interested. Um, but yeah, I, I think just kind of to start, that was one of my. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite book, but it's certainly not the worst book. The worst book, but I always felt like that was my least favorite movie, which was kind of interesting. And I think um, ha- having read the books, I think like Order of the Phoenix was probably my least favorite book. It just kind of dragged a little bit. There was that book to me felt like. Like, you know how – I think you said you read the books when you were younger, right? And you've probably yeah, seen just, them and, like, seen how thick they are. Yeah. So, like, the first three are, like, normal-sized books. And then, like, four through seven are these, like, doorstop yeah. massive books. Well, Goblet of Fire is, like, 800 pages, but it doesn't feel like 800 pages. You just fly through it. Like, it's so interesting. Right. And the plot keeps is getting you, propelled forward. Yeah. Order of the Phoenix – is 800 and something pages and it feels like it's 800 and something pages. Well, like it just that that story in particular felt like she really kind of wanted to get to the story she was telling in Half-Blood Prince, but she didn't know how to like make this in-between book that was Right, you can't just skip a year. We can't go yeah. from year 40 to year 6. Yeah, like and you it, it almost felt like since she made Goblet of Fire so long, she kind of had to make the rest of them so long. But it felt like, honestly, Order of the Phoenix, I, I honestly legitimately feel like could have been three or 400 pages shorter than it was. Like I, I just I, think there's a lot of like them at Hogwarts studying for exams and like hating Umbridge and Umbridge being a dick to everyone. And it's like, okay, like we get it. Can we right. get to the part where like you have the battle at the ministry at the end and Dumbledore fights Voldemort and all like that's the so, part that's really crazy but like it takes forever to get right. there I, I would say the main story of like Order of the Phoenix besides the ministry realizing the vault like acknowledging that Voldemort's back because they were in denial for the whole year after Cedric Diggory died in yeah. year four um, is that it brings to life the previous generation that fought Voldemort and the Death Eaters. It's bringing in all the kids' parents and yeah. their friends and, and the previous generation that was the one that was fighting. Yeah. They um, were the original in the first wizarding, yeah. What was it? The Wizarding War or whatever they, yeah. they called it. And so it like brings to light that. But, yeah, it's kind of one of those, yeah, they're like, oh, we have to study for our OWLs yeah. or more commonly known as owls. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Fuck you. Um but it's just, yeah, it, it it drags on. It's just more of an entertaining movie because you kind of start to set up, like, the war. Like, yeah. you're building up to this war and you just know, I mean, once you've seen it all, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you just build up and build up and build up. But, yeah, it kind of drags on. It's just more entertaining because there's certain things that go on in that that it's like, oh, that's, Well, you know. and it's, it's not that it's bad, per se. It's just it... I felt like none of the other books dragged like that where they had large swaths of sections that were just like, okay, I get it. Like, can we move on to the more exciting stuff? Because there's interesting moments and things that happen in that book. Like a big plot line throughout most of that book and that movie is the fact that that Harry has this – they first identify this connection that Harry has with Voldemort where he can like – 
experience Voldemort's feelings and see into his mind when he's super mad or whatever and like see that he's torturing people and all this kind of stuff and Dumbledore then put Snape to the task of trying to teach Harry occlumency, which is like trying to shut off his mind right. to people entering it and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of interesting things in there and the whole idea of like trying to fight corruption in the ministry where they're like denying that Voldemort's back and they've sent this Dolores Umbridge person to kind of root out Dumbledore and take over and like kind Just of teach the basics. Yeah, manipulate the education of the magical youth. Like hmm. that's all interesting education. stuff. Which, like, has real-life parallels, but it's just, like, I don't really want to read a book of, like, kids. Like, we're I'm reading a story about people existing in a magical world, and I'm basically just reading about them studying for their SATs. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't really care that much. I mean, it, it's important to, obviously, these kids are kids, and they're going through school, and you kind of... From book one to book seven, you grow with them and experience them, you know, getting older and right. starting to date and all that kind of stuff, just like kids do in real life. But it just felt like it could have been half the length and it would have been just as interesting. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas like Half-Blood Prince, I think I may have texted you when I was done with the book. I fucking read that book in like a week and it's like 750 pages or something. I flew through it. It was so good. And I had forgotten how good that book and that movie well, there's, were. There's so many storylines just in the Half-Blood Prince itself that it like it might jump from storyline to storyline, but they all come together. Like yeah. first we find out or like we don't know who this Half-Blood Prince is. Yeah. And we only find out about him because Dumbledore has asked Harry to get close to Slughorn. Yeah. So now we know or we're meeting the Half-Blood Prince. And when you first read about it until you find out obviously at the end of the book or the movie, you're like who is the Half-Blood yeah, Prince? Yeah. You know, like, who is this person that's a genius? So we have the storyline of Harry needing to get close for some reason that Dumbledore had asked him that we don't know yet. And then, who's the Half-Blood Prince? And then all of a sudden, it's like, now we... Well, you kind of get set up that Draco Malfoy has this big yeah. s- part of his storyline in... something. Right, yeah. but you don't know quite what it is yet. Yeah, yeah. And that's all set up at the beginning when his mom um, goes and makes an unbreakable vow with Snape. Right. And right. so you're kind of like, well, what was he tasked with? Uh-huh. So yeah. there's just like at the very beginning in the first, I think it's like probably 15 minutes or so of the movie, you are like got like five storylines that you're like, yeah. I got to kind of keep you got track some of questions, this. questions, yeah. And then <clears throat> as the movie, and, and I'm just going to keep saying as the movie just because I haven't read the books right, in right, a while. Right. So um, – as the movie goes on, you keep getting more in depth on every single storyline. Mm-hmm. Like they do a really good job of showing Draco feeding the um, vanishing cabinet yeah, in yeah. the removal requirement. Yeah, you get good with Harry trying to extract this memory out of Slughorn. Yeah, because it's an essential weapon. Yeah. to help fight Voldemort. And the whole he, the whole time you got Dumbledore giving Harry these private lessons where right. they're they're going into these memories in the Pensieve and trying to basically what what Dumbledore's doing is he's gone along and he's Track down a bunch of people who either knew Voldemort directly when he was younger or like people who were involved with incidences with him and tried to piece together. Like, he has this working theory of like, I think what Voldemort did was split his soul into several different pieces and he imbued these objects as Horcruxes. And now I need to figure out what those objects are because if we want to stop him, we, we have, have to find all of them. We have no hope of doing that without destroying all those. So you're starting to go, oh, okay. Right. Like, this is where our end game is of like, 
you know, kind of like the Avengers Infinity War comparison would be like, you got to get all the infinity, infinity stones. stones before you can wipe out half the universe or whatever. Right. Like to stop Voldemort, you have to wipe out all of the Horcruxes or else he's well, invincible basically. And I think it's, it's interesting too, because as you learn in part two, yeah. Uh, of the Deathly Hallows, which obviously comes after Half-Blood Prince, Snape truly was working with Dumbledore because he loved Harry, because he loved um, Lily. Lily, yeah. And and it's like, and Lily gets brought up in Half Blood Prince too because mm-hmm. she was one of Slughorn's favorite teachers. Yeah, and she gave him a lily pad that then turned into a fish, and then the day yeah. she died, the fish died, mm-hmm. and like, so so like this whole. F- like all these storylines come together and then you find out, Oh, we need to go get these whole cruxes. Yeah. And then they go and hunt the first one. And then they realize mm-hmm. someone else has already been hunting them. Yeah. So to touch on that, like I, I think probably most people who are listening are pretty familiar with, especially the beginning of the series. And I, don't get me wrong. I love talking about Sorcerer's Stone all the way through, you know, Goblet of Fire and all those, those first three or four books. But like I was telling Taya, like once I finished the book series again, and as we've been rewatching the movies every time I finish a book, I'm like, it cannot be overstated enough how genius J.K. Rowling was in coming up with this story. Like when I look at it as a whole, first of all, you have the way each book is set up. Like it's definitely for like children slash young adults, but like adults can get things right. out of this story. But like they're the way each individual book is set up is its own mystery. You know what I mean? Like every year Harry shows up at Hogwarts and there's some mystery going on that he has to solve with Harry or with Hermione and Ron by the end of it. Right. But it's not just like a rinse and repeat every time. And there's just, Oh, it's year five. And now they got to figure out some other thing. But at the end of it, everything's going to be fine. Not only is there a mystery that gets unveiled and solved at the end of each book, but it all leads into this one overarching mystery of like, how do we stop Voldemort? Like this, this, this terrifying nemesis that is now rising to power has she kind of sprinkles in what his plan has been throughout the whole series, right? And then by the end of Half Blood Prince, and then definitely into Deathly Hallows, you're like. Oh shit! That's where she was going with it. Like it's right. so genius, and how like everything, it's, every story, or every year is a new story, but it's part of the same story. Yeah, and it all feeds this this bigger narrative and this bigger right. mystery. And like the fact that the seventh book and like the obviously the last two movies that they split up are so good and such a satisfying conclusion to such an epic story is so amazing because. How many times have we seen a movie series or a TV show where the ending just kind of sucks? Right. And like the rest of the show was so awesome and you're so looking forward to like, how do they end this? And you're like, ah, well, that was kind of a letdown. Harry Potter is not that way. It's like this perfectly satisfying conclusion. And she does all these callbacks where there's characters and events and people and places from all of the prior six books all come together in this like conglomeration of this amazing capstone on this fantastic story it honestly blew me away dude like for people to be you know it's it's honestly like not you're not going out on a limb nowadays by saying harry potter is amazing obviously it's like right. one of the most successful stories ever told but like it's probably the most for a successful reason, story for a reason it's really really good like it's pretty amazing right when you think about it there's no point where you're like why is this in here yeah like and it's not so Another interesting comparison, I was talking with Caleb last night, and like I have at home 
the all the Harry Potter books and I have all of the Game of Thrones books, A Song of Ice and Fire. And I think you're aware, we've talked about this before, but like A Song of Ice and Fire is a planned seven book series just like Harry Potter, but right. George R. R. Martin has only written five of those. And the last book came out 11 years ago. So everyone right now who is a giant fan of A Song of Ice and Fire is waiting for his ending. Oh, and so everyone and, that's a fan of the show is sitting there going, so we ended a show when yeah. there's truly no end to yeah. the story. So like we got the showrunner's version of the ending of that story, but we didn't get the creator's true right. vision. And I was telling Caleb, I'm like, imagine if, if J.K. Rowling, the last Harry Potter book she had released was Order of the Phoenix, and she hadn't ever... She that, didn't do six that, and seven. That came out 10, 15 years ago, and we never got Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. Like, imagine how frustrating that would be to all of the millions of fans across the world who love Harry Potter to be like, how does this end? Like, wh- wh- where's your ending? Can you I'd write be on the my way to it? London like, right now to have a discussion with her. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, like, it's... The fact that she stuck the landing so well is honestly amazing because it doesn't happen very often, well, I feel like. I'm not a writer. never tried to write a book or anything. But part of me has to think that if I was like in her shoes and I'm writing this story, obviously you have to see how well the, the first year goes when right, you release right. it because if it's a dud, you're like, well, I'm not going to spend more time yeah. adding to the story. But if, if that was me, like if I was going to write a book – and it's going to be a series of books and it's all going to be the same story. I'm going to try and just start writing through the series. So like figure out as where soon it's going. as year one is done and that's off for editing and being published and everything. I'm at least going to continue to write through year two because yeah. it's fresh in your brain. You're like, you got yeah. all these good ideas, yeah. you know, you're not going to sit there and, and be if like, it works, then people are going to want more. Right. Presumably. And, yeah. and so the first one, I don't know how well it did initially, but then people like caught on yeah. and like the movie came out sooner rather than later with it. And that's yeah. probably what draw drew more people to it. Yeah. And then it was just like, Hey, we released the book in, I think most book releases were either June or July. Cause mm-hmm. I always got them for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And it was always during the summer. The movie that. came out around Christmas, I think every year. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was, and, and I remember going to get, I think it was half blood prints. Yeah, I think I went to get Half-Blood Prince with my dad. Excuse me, at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. And there was a line out the door. Oh, yeah. And I'm like panicking. I'm it's like, oh, I'm not going to get the book. I'm not going to get the book. I'm not going to get the book. And I walk in there, and it's just behind the countertop. is just boxes. <laughs> and I was like, do you have any more of Half-Blood Prince you know, hardcover? Yeah. I-, I wanted the hardcover. And she's like, yeah, we got plenty. And I'm like, whew. But yeah. I'm like, that's for a book. Right. And that's for the sixth one, which means yeah. you drew an audience in, but... She kept, like you said, she kept a very timely order. I think yeah. it was like one and then the movie within a two-year span. Like, Yeah, I want to say it, it was quick. Sorcerer's Stone came out in like 97 and then the movie came out in 01. So it wasn't really that long after the first book that the first movie started coming out. And by then she'd probably already released two and three, I would imagine, for the books. Um, I, I think to go back to your point, I think when she, I'd be curious and she maybe have answered, has answered this question via interviews and stuff in the past 20 years. But I wonder if she, when she wrote Sorcerer's Stone, if she had an idea of it being a larger series and where she wanted to go with the series, or if Sorcerer's Stone blew up and they were like, Hey, do you have more where this came from? Do you have more stories to tell? And then she was like, yeah, you know, I think I do. So it kind of started, you know, building out the scaffolding of the story as she went along or, or if she was just like from the get go, like I know 
that this is going to be an epic like seven book right. series. You know, I'd be curious to see if she had it from the get go or if she kind of like made it up as she went along as it got bigger and bigger. So it looks like they were. They, this is going to be the original published dates of all the books. Okay. So Sorcerer's Stone was published June twenty sixth of ninety seven. Ninety seven. Well, it's pretty crazy. Chamber of Secrets came out July second in nineteen ninety eight. So less, you're just over a year later. Oh wow! Okay. The second book was already being released. So to me, my understanding of that would probably mean that she had two done, because yeah. then three gets released July eighth of nineteen ninety nine. So a year and six days later. So yeah, she so, had to have been. I mean, because then four is July eighth of two thousand. So it's like all of these are within like a year of every each other. Year basically, yeah. but then we go to Order of the Phoenix, and that came out three years later, June twenty first, two thousand three. So okay. the first four, in my opinion, with those release dates, had to have probably been written, or she had a really good idea of right. what she wanted to tell, yeah. right? Or she had like one, and then like Some two thirds points. of two yeah. done, yeah, and then you know she. Like I said, you could have probably kept writing it, and then yeah. the publisher could have been like, why don't you just separate them into two books? Right, right, right. And then five came out in 2003, June 21st, 2003. Six came out July 16th, 2005, so two years later. And then The Deathly Hallows was released July 14th, 2007. 2007. So 2007 was the last book. But then if we look at the movie releases... I, all I know is Sorcerer's Stone, the movie, came out in 01. And then I think the last Deathly Hallows movie was released in like 2011. So over the course of 10 years, they released all eight movies. So November of 2001 was the um, Sorcerer's Stone drop here in the U.S. Yeah, for the movie. Um in 2000, it's not going to give me the date, but in 2002, Chamber of Secrets came out. 2004, Prisoner of Azkaban. 2005, Goblet of Fire. 2007, Order of the Phoenix. 2009, Half-Blood Prince. 10, Deathly Hallows Part 1. And 11, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah, and so by 07, the last of the books had been published. And right. then over the next four years, they finished up the movie series. Right. So... It differs greatly from how the story of like Song and Ice and Fire happened, where it's like Game of Thrones starts making that show. He's already released two, three, four of the books. I don't know how many of the books had come out by that point. But then there becomes a point where he's only released five books and they're on season five or six and they're at the point right. where he's at in the books. And now they're like, they don't have like the people who made the Harry Potter movies, they don't have this road forward, this map forward of like, oh, okay, no worries. She's done with the book, so we know what happens. Right. He hasn't... It's just this unfinished story currently, which was like... I'm trying to like imagine what what would have been the outcry if she had done that with Harry Potter. If she had just gotten like writer's block or gotten like the pressure got to her and she just stopped at book five and everyone was like, what the fuck? Where, where's the rest of this story? I think... Her story by itself, too, like without including like the stories in Harry Potter, but her story of writing these books out of a van mm -hmm. under a bridge to them becoming richer than the Queen of England. I think she had more motivation when she saw her success. Probably. And yeah. she also realized, okay, let me finish this story. But to your point, George R. R. Martin is a multi, multi millionaire at this point and has seen unprecedented levels of success. And I almost feel like that has been a detriment to his right, ability but, to write. But the that's rest what I'm saying, books. though, is she had nothing until Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. She, she yeah. was, according, like the whole story with her is she was writing these books in a van, 
yeah. more or less going out on a limb, trying to be like, yeah. I, I got to hope that this takes off. Trying with her dream. For my artistic, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, writing dream. And it took off. Yeah. So, and then she captivated this massive, massive audience yeah. globally. And I think for her, she realized that it was such a, you know, good story that she's and it, like. And it became so important to so many right. people. And, and, yeah. and it became important to her. She, I think she's got plenty of other books and stories released, but this was like the bread and butter of her name. It's like. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. If I can finish this, you know, with a cherry mm-hmm. on top and just put out this great product. She's going to go down in history as one of the greatest writers ever. At right. This point. Oh yeah. yeah. She might go down. I mean, it'll probably be up for debate. You go chime into our, uh, movie franchise bracket and tell us what you think there, but she could go down as the greatest writer when it comes to stories translated to movies. Oh yeah. Well, especially in terms of success level, right. for sure. Cause the, I mean, not only did she become a billionaire from writing the books, but the movie series, I'm, all of those movies were like billion-dollar movies at the box well, office, and pretty much. she wrote the stories of Fantastic Beasts right. as well. Yeah, so, she's written the screenplay for the Fantastic Beasts movie. And now. she got um, mm-hmm. The Cursed Child. Mm-hmm. She, she wrote that play. Yeah. So it's like she has made this wizarding world. You, If you go to like Universal Studios, um, there's a lot of cool attractions and shit, but there's one wizarding world that takes up a nice chunk of of the the park and you go it, it's part of the busiest park yeah there's also the only other thing i could think of that you could kind of like i don't know of any other massive movie series that's based on writing besides maybe the avengers with like the comic books yeah, yeah. right so so you could put those two kind of together but not necessarily in my opinion because comics compared to like novels novels yeah, are yeah. completely different realms but For it's sure. the same concept also yeah but Fast and Furious. There's They're I don't just movies. Yeah. Are there books? I don't think so because that'd so. be pretty boring. Star Wars about is the same way. Star Wars racing. was a movie first, right? <clears throat> so it's like these massive, massive cinematic success stories don't necessarily have the backing of a paper story. Yeah, yeah. Hers is, and, and I think ninety to a hundred percent of people out there. I mean, we'll leave a ten percent, <laughs> you know, uh, range, but will always admit that the books are better. Yeah, if they yeah. have read the books, they will yeah. always admit. I think the books are better, but I enjoy the movies more because I yeah. just don't care to read, right? Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that the books aren't better. Yeah, there's n- nothing out else out there that you're like, oh, I'm so excited to read this and then watch the movie. Right, right. Well, and it's just, you know, I think most people who, especially in America, but like any in any developed country that has any sort of pop culture entertainment like zeitgeist is it at the very least aware of harry potter oh yeah you know they may not have read it they may not have seen the movies but they're aware of like oh yeah harry with the lightning bolt scar and they have wands like they know what it is right that is insane that it's that popular and you you know what i was going to say as we've been talking about this is i think one of the hallmarks of like a truly fantastic story and like a behemoth of a world like a fictional world that can be created is like the ability to within that world tell other stories apart from the main story and have them still be interesting so i'm thinking like lord of the rings star wars harry potter game of thrones like there are spin-off stories and ideas and characters and places and histories to be explored 
apart from these main stories that we've been introduced to because the world is really truly that it's in a fully fleshed out world right. where like the world's going on outside of yeah, what we're doing. outside of whatever this story is like these characters you're following along there's other people in this world that are doing right. other things and experiencing other crazy stories so like that to me is like the true hallmark of like they could literally literally make stories set in the wizarding world till the end of time like right. they wanted to like Fantastic Beasts is just scraping the surface of stuff right. they could do in this world. And it's I think it's the only reason they're starting there is because it's such a direct correlation to the Harry Potter franchise. But like they could make an entire series based on whatever the wizarding school is in America and like some crazy shit that happened there. Right. Or like a whole do a whole series on um the the people who made the Marauders map, like that's been something that people have talked about right. wanting to Dude, see, like a there's a TV show about well, you could like do one on um, you know what is it? It's Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Like do a whole TV show on like them at Hogwarts. Right. Like that'd be fucking awesome. People would love that shit. Right. All like Harry's dad and yeah. Snape. Yeah. And- like there's no there's literally no end to the things that you could do with this story. And I feel like she's and that that obviously is is a part of Harry's main timeline and story. But like I'm talking. We don't know what happens at Durmstrang. We don't know what happens at uh, Bobatons. Like, there's right. all these other. Wi- there's a whole wizarding world that exists in our world all over the globe. But we stay just in the UK. Yeah, and all, all we've island. learned about is what happens in the UK around Hogwarts. I so. think though, like, and maybe this is me personally because it is my favorite movie series ever, and it'll never change. But, and maybe it's just looking at like other series too, and being like, like Star Wars. I'll use for example. They don't have the same like. Um, Lucas isn't necessarily involved in some of these newer yeah, yeah. things, and it, but it, the story was his original idea. Yeah. Uh, if she wants to get paid, she could sell the rights to Harry Potter and everything. Probably she'd have to sell it to like Universal. Like I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I think she still owns the rights or to the Warner stories. Brothers, maybe because Warner Brothers does right. the movies. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think she still owns all the rights. I'm sure. She so does, I think yeah. her because I think anything Harry Potter related, her name is attached to. Yeah. Yeah. Which. I enjoy more because then the story sticks with the original storyteller. Right. Whereas if she's like, I don't want to do any more Harry Potter stuff. And we're all sitting here like, no, we want more. And she's like, I don't want more. I'm going to sell the story rights or whatever to someone else. And then now we get you writing the story. Right. Yeah. And it's what you think you would want to see, but it has no, you know, your storyline compared to hers is just way different. Might be really entertaining, but to me, I would rather not like, yeah, I want to see all of it, but all from, coming from the same creator is like it's pretty even more mind blowing because special, it makes it yeah. more believable that this all ties into this massive story. Yeah, we could make this, you know, the the story of like Harry's dad and all of his friends and everybody. We could do it. Yeah, but she would be like, "That was awful." This yeah, is what I would have like, done. Yeah, this is like, not this is not how I see these characters. Yeah, and we're like, "Well, but this is what we did," and then we put it out there, and people are like that was really entertaining, but like, yeah. Well, I think Not that really that really brings up a good point, and it's been something that I've been wondering about actually as I've reread the books and rewatched the movies. Is like, I wonder if there is going to become a point where she kind of does have something happen, like George Lucas did, where he's like, I don't know if it was he was just kind of done with Star Wars, or if he was like, I just kind of want to be a billionaire and retire and hang right. out and be with my family, which is like totally understandable. And he's like, so I want to let other people go make Star Wars stories or what. But like, at least with him doing that, like, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you have, on one hand, 
yeah, the main guy who created this whole thing is not telling these new stories. So like, is this how he sees these characters or is this diluting the specialty of the characters he created in any way? That's all up for debate. But on the other side, you get more Star Wars stories. You right. know what I mean? There's more people involved and they're cranking out more Star Wars content, which as someone who loves Star Wars, I like. Well, so but so I'm wondering if JK Rowling is ever going to make that decision where like let's say there comes a point where she's just like, you know, I want to still be a writer. I have other stories I want to tell and I'm just kind of through with Harry Potter. I don't think there's anything more I can tell in this wizarding world that I think is going to be as special as Harry Potter. But I want people to still make Harry Potter content. So maybe she doesn't sell the rights, but maybe she has some agreement where she's like, you guys can make, you know, Warner Brothers, you guys can make TV shows, you can make movies and hire other writers to come up with stories that exist in this world and do it under the Harry Potter umbrella. And I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? So that way, like the world still gets more Harry Potter content, but she doesn't have to be necessarily directly involved with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so... I wonder if that's ever going to happen. I wonder if she's going to do that. I am I mean, only time will tell. But so here's, here's like a mind thought then for this. Okay, imagine George Lucas goes, I'm done with Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to <clears throat> direct him anymore or write the stories anymore, but I'm not going to sell the rights to Disney, right? So, so he never sells the rights to Disney, which means we're done after episode um six six yeah would you as a star wars fan and and it's going to be hard because we've had all all the other stuff come out since then but as a star wars fan you would have been okay after the return of the jedi you would have been okay with the defeat of the empire and everything if that's where that story left off you would have been like i'm satisfied Yes, I would, and agree. I, I would. You would never sit there and complain like, man, I wish they would have made three more Star yeah. Wars movies in and the you, saga and yeah. these all other stories. And you know what? To your point, I was, I had accepted that. Like when right. I was younger, right. I was we like, all were yeah. done I was like, the, well, I guess that's it. That's the story. And it was a, I had a satisfying beginning, middle, and end. And I'm like, all right, that's it. That's the story. So yeah, to your point, I would have been fine probably right. had there been no more Star Wars. So stuff. as a Harry Potter fan, that's like where I would come at it from. I'd be like, you know what? After Fantastic Beast, depending where it leaves off, if she doesn't want to be involved anymore, just stop. Yeah, just, just leave just it alone. Just leave it yeah. alone because it's a masterpiece as it is. Yeah. It's a money grab at this point then. Yeah. Well, it, and it's another another example that comes to mind while we're talking about this is Lord of the Rings because it's very interesting. I think yeah. you know anyone who pays attention to like pop culture stuff is probably aware that later this year in 2022 there's going to be an Amazon Prime um, or an Amazon It's a What's it's the Prime name of video. their fuck Prime, 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 Prime Video Prime Video. A Prime Video television show set in the Lord of the Rings universe. Right, pre it's pre Hobbit, I believe. Yeah, it's like kind of a prequel thing that I don't know if it's like hundreds or thousands of years before the Hobbit story that we're all familiar with. But that's a perfect example of like obviously the creator of that story has long since been deceased, right. but whoever's in charge, like within his family of the rights of those stories, has clearly come to an agreement <laughs> yeah, with Amazon to be like, Yes, you can continue to make stories set in my great grandfather's universe right. or whatever it may be. So yeah, it's kind of interesting to think because it's like, like I said, on one hand, these stories that I'm obsessed with, I want to see more of, but then again, it could also be it like could tarnish what it kind of tarnishes the legacy right. of the original thing. If they make so much stuff that some of it sucks, you know what I mean? Which 
you know, there's plenty of debate out there online amongst the Star Wars fandom of how they feel about the sequel trilogy. Trust me. I mean, I, I enjoyed them. Are they as good as like the originals and the prequels? Probably not, but I, I enjoyed them still. But there are some people who are like, fuck the sequels, it ruined Star right. Wars. Like they're like adamantly well, hate them. You know what I mean? So that could happen too. And right. I'm sure there's probably Harry Potter fans who have seen these first few Fantastic Beast movies and been like, this is not the Wizarding World. Like, fuck this. I well, and so, this. so that's the thing too, though, is like, as, as you discussed about expanding the universe, we don't know anything besides Hogwarts, right? Right. We know like Diagon Alley and Hogwarts. Yeah. And then like a f- f- the, the Ministry. Yeah. We really don't know anything else out in the Wizarding World at that right. time. Yeah. So I think Fantastic Beast is... It, it, not as entertaining as Harry Potter, but I think the story behind at least the first two right now is it, it's a story inside of Harry's story, but it doesn't directly relate to Harry himself as far as mm-hmm. the Scar and Voldemort. Like It's a story of how someone else became of power, but it was also a story that she had I don't. I, I believe it's the second movie that Harry is reading the Fantastic Beasts. Right. He, he reads them in one of the movies and in one of the books. He's reading this story. So it's not like she just took a left field shot yeah. and is like, "I'm going to pull some yeah. random it's shit out." It's definitely something it's, from the series. It's from yeah. the series. It's a true, well, true story in the sense of the story. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, t- don't correlate it directly with Harry Potter. Take it as a separate story. Yeah. Yeah. Take it kind of take it kind of like the Hobbit is to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So like the Hobbit you we find out how we got the Ring of Power, right? Mm-hmm. But none of that we don't get introduced to any of those other characters besides like maybe two or three. Right. Through the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This again, we know Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Yeah. That's pretty much Th- it. They're introduced in the second one, no spoiler obviously. And that's it. That's all we're, we're introduced to so far that would correlate into Harry Potter's world. So it's like, I don't look at these as a like, oh, this is going to set us up for like a new Harry Potter. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm going to come into it as this is a new series yeah. that is just in the same realm as Harry Potter, yeah. like um, Solo, like a Bubba right, Fett, right, like, right, right, right. like all that kind of shit. The Mandalorian it's or the, something. The Mandalorian, yeah. right. It's <clears> just all of that goes into the story, but it's not directly related to Luke, yeah. Han, like... Yeah. To me, I, I kind of try and approach it kind of like what you're saying of like, hey, this is not the original story. This is not going to dilute what I've already seen and what I already love. It's just like added toppings. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you're ordering an it's entree. Like cherry on top. Yeah, and you're getting some toppings. It's like these are just toppings. If you like this thing, then you'll probably like this side too. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of how I treat it. So it's like... I'm not going to go into a Fantastic Beast movie and have it end and then me be like, well, fuck this. This ruins my opinion of Harry Potter. Like, that's not going to happen. It's just right. like, yeah, well, it was cool. It's not as good as Harry Potter, but like, I like being in that world again. Right. It's nice seeing similar characters and settings and all that kind I think, of stuff. I think it's nice to see a different story. Like, yeah. Like, the Harry Potter story, there's zero issues ever with it. Besides maybe my only issue with the Harry Potter story, and I think I said this on another episode, is... We're at the Battle of Hogwarts, and you have a bunch of 11 to 17-year-olds fighting all of this massive army of dark wizards and creatures. Where the fuck are their parents? <laughs> I remember you brought that up one time. That's actually a really good point. Well, I think, didn't they use... There was a lot of... Um, 
there was a lot of parents that well, so like vice versa. There was a lot of kids that they kept in line because they had like kidnapped their parents and vice versa. There was a lot right. of like parents that they made toe the line because they had like kidnapped their kids. Kind of like uh, Luna Lovegood's dad. Right. Like he was forced into kind of trying to turn in Harry Potter because they had captured Luna and were like but, holding her hostage. But you, you know what's funny about that <clears throat> is in that, you know, they save Luna. So it's like, and that's before the Battle of Hogwarts. So mm-hmm. it's like, and then she's at Hogwarts. Yeah. So it's like, where's her dad? Yeah. Where are all the people that were at Bill and LaFleur's wedding? Right. Like, ah, fuck it. The 14-year-old kid's got it. He knows Expecto Patronum. <laughs> you know, well, I think he, it was he's probably... Gonna, he's going to do some damage. Probably the explanation is that a lot of those people were too afraid to, like, stand up. And, like, I think they were... Basically, the way they explain it in the books, and I think it's in the movies, too, is, like, anyone who is of age, which I think you turn of age as 17 in that yeah. world... And if you want to stay and fight, that's your choice. It's kind of like when you turn 18, you can right, choose so to start smoking cigarettes if you want. Um, but like all the kids who were younger, they like sent them home. And they're like, go to your parents. Like you don't need to be here. Cause like, and, then, and also, you're 14. You can't make the decision of you want to fight the most Voldemort. evil wizard of all time. Like you go home. Get out of here. But like the 17-year-olds, they're like, if you want to stay and fight, that's your choice. You know, like you, you might right. die. Just just know that. It, it just becomes one of those things, though. I sat there and like the more you think about it, like I'm not – I don't want to try and like be rude to the story. But I kind of want to be like this is supposed to be like he was killing parents. Like he killed mm. Harry's parents. They initially fought him and his followers and then he killed him. Where the fuck – there's a small group of adults that yeah. are like in the Order of Phoenix and everything and – and you know, close people to Harry that fight, but it's like, where's everybody else? Where are yeah. the auras? I mean, I guess the ministry at that point was the ministry kind of got taken over yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but there's like, it's like <clears throat> some of these parents. It's like, where are you? Like, just yeah. show up. You <laughs> don't let your kid bit. die. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like a bunch of kids died in that, and you're like, if I'm a parent, and they're like, well, we have your kid hostage. I'd be like. That's that's great. I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah. y- you don't take my kid hostage. Like, you kill me or take me hostage and leave my kid alone. They had nothing to do with you. So, going back a couple steps, because I before we get away from it, I kind of wanted to talk about Fantastic Beasts a little bit. No, we need to talk about the last war. <laughs> bullshit. How a bunch of kids had to fight. So, I think we agreed... Obviously, spoilers abound for the first two Fantastic Beasts, but I won't get into any spoiler territory for the new one, Secrets of Dumbledore, because Matt hasn't seen it yet. But... um. What are your thoughts? I, I know we've talked about this before. I think we talked about it on our last um, Harry Potter podcast, and we probably talked about it on our movie franchise bracket podcast. But what are your thoughts on the Fantastic Beast movies, the first two that you've seen so far? I like them. I like that it's a different story. I, I like that it's not, you know, out of school. It's And it's not set in the UK. I mm. like that it's set in it's a world place, that we yeah. didn't know existed inside of the realm of... The Wizarding World. Um, there's no books to base the story off of, so it's not like you can sit yeah. here and be like, "Well, they, you know, missed yeah, they the left mark this out on or, this." Yeah, yeah. So the movie's what we get, and I think they're great. I think it could be a little slow in some of the storytelling things, but I think it's great. I think you know it really brings to light like this whole other world that is truly going on inside of the Wizarding World. And for the first two, I mean, I don't see any problems so far with them. I, I think yeah. it's building. And if it's truly going to be a five-movie series, one and two, kind of like uh, Harry Potter, 
or more setting the stage, introducing you to characters, kind of introducing you to this main storyline. Like we learn in The Crimes of Grindelwald that Dumbledore and Grindelwald made, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the blood pack that right, you can't right. just destroy. And that and they can't, that makes sure that they can't fight each other basically. Right, yeah. because they had, I believe it was a, you know, a lover affair right, or, right. Or, or whatever. And so they made that pact and then Grindelwald went down this, See, is Grindelwald a dark wizard, or is he just more of a pure blood wizard? Yeah. Right, he doesn't he so, doesn't care to have muggles or yeah, not, so um, nomadge. I think nomadge <laughs> is what they're called yeah. in America. Um, I'll touch on that real quick, and then I'll kind of give you the opinions that I've heard on the Fantastic Beast movies that I actually kind of agree with, but. I like how it was kind of interesting that I was finishing up Deathly Hallows at the same time that the new movie came out because they they complement each other heavily, and I won't get into spoilers or anything, but like they complement each other heavily in terms of Dumbledore and Grindelwald's history together, right? And I think none of this is a spoiler to say if you've if you've already you know seen Deathly Hallows or read Deathly Hallows, but there's some Harry learns a lot about Dumbledore's past during that story. And essentially, the story kind of goes, to kind of answer your question, this is like a long-winded answer, but Dumbledore and Grindelwald met during a period in Dumbledore's life where his mom had just passed away, his dad was in Azkaban for killing these muggles, he was there to take care of his sister who was, I won't, I won't touch on that because it's kind of a spoiler for the new movie, but she was like disturbed, she needed to kind of be hid away from people and all this well, kind of I mean, stuff, that was like the story. If, if you've seen... Um, part two of Deathly Hallows, you know that, and his brother came out and said he more or less sacrificed his sister. So, like, yeah. you kind of know, and, and like I said, I haven't seen the new um, Fantastic Beast, so I don't, like, yeah. you know probably what happened, yeah. but it's like you kind of get that understanding. Well, yeah, and again, going that, into we're, it. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk about spoilers for Secrets of Dumbledore, but, like, it's treading over ground that's technically already been covered in the Harry Potter books right. in Deathly Hallows, so it's not really a spoiler to say what happens because all that happened already. Um, but essentially, he goes back to Godric's Hollow, which it, you know, if you know Harry Potter lore and all that, is where Harry's family lived and where James and Lily were killed. Well, Grindelwald's, I believe it's his aunt, is Bathilda Bagshot, and she wrote another one of the books, kind of like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She wrote a history of magic in that mm -hmm. world. So she's like a magical historian or something. Well, she was. Then she was. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Nagini. Okay, yeah. Save that thought. So Grindelwald comes to live with his aunt for a time. And at the same time that Dumbledore had come back home to like take care of his sister and be kind of the man of the house. Obviously, he has his brother. Um, Aberforth. Aberforth. Um, <clears throat> Grindelwald and Albus Dumbledore form this friendship that kind of leads more into like a lover's relationship well they're like the two most talented wizards of their time right and they both kind of had these ideas that magic people should take over the muggle world and essentially kind of rule things because they're more powerful and more special or whatever right and at some point along the line albus dumbledore decided that was dangerous thinking and that where Grindelwald wanted to take things was in a dark place that he didn't want to go. So they have this rift and they go off. And now that's kind of led into the whole thing of the Fantastic Beast story where like Grindelwald's off doing his thing. Dumbledore's teaching at Hogwarts, trying to be a good person and a, you know, a, someone who's advocating for muggles and all that kind of stuff. And then they have this pact where they can't fight each other. And that's obviously gets you into the whole storyline right. of, so to kind of 
answer your question from earlier, like there was a point when Albus Dumbledore was younger that he thought the way that Gellert Grindelwald does about he had all these ideas about magic people are more special and we should rule the muggles because they don't have magic and hmm, all this kind of stuff. Kind and of he like a changed his mind at some point and Tom that's why Riddle. they end up fighting. Exactly. Kind of like a guy named Tom Riddle. You ever heard of him? <laughs> if not, you better start reading. <laughs> Ends up later, you know, having those same sorts of ideas. So, yeah. What were you going to say about Nagini? So, <clears throat> again, spoilers for people who haven't seen the first two Fantastic Beasts. You get introduced to Nagini in the second one. Okay. So, we were actually, because I turned it on TV last night before we went to the softball game. Uh, Crimes of Grindelwald was on TV. Mm-hmm. And that chick who can turn into the snake was running around with credence and Taya brought that up again. And I'm like, so do we, I kind of forgot about that. Are we supposed to believe that that is actually Nagini later? Well, is, is that, so her name is Nagini, right? And she can turn into a snake. Her name is Nagini. Her name is Nagini. And oh, she shit. turns okay. into a okay. snake. <clears throat> and then the guy that was like running that circus or whatever, I, I don't yes. even know what it was. Yeah. But he mentions that, like, at some point she's going to not be if, able to turn back. Right. right? At some like, point she can't turn back to the human. Yeah. And her name's Nagini. And it's the same exact snake that is in the Harry Potters as that far Voldemort as the type of so the, the anaconda. Or no, yeah. I think it's a python. Well, either. It doesn't Whatever matter. It is, yeah. It's a big snake. <laughs> right. But Nagini is, like, when that first came on and I was, like, rewatching, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So. To me, and this is just pure speculation, Nagini and Credence somehow tie into Voldemort at some you, point. You gotta I f- think they have to. I if feel that like is Nagini. they're gonna funnel into yeah. to Voldemort. I mean, but like that's that would be a really weird thing if um, uh, Tom Riddle just was like, "Yeah, I want to have a pet snake named Nagini," <laughs> even though there was a girl that turned into snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Named Nagini. You got to think previously that, that if her name really truly is Nagini, which I had forgotten about. It is. That has to play into, like she has to be the Nagini right. that is Voldemort's snake. And in which case, if he chose her to be one of his Horcruxes, there had to have been some strong some connection between the two of them. Right. Or else he wouldn't have chosen to do that. You know what I mean? So it's like piecing, slowly piecing things together. Harry was reading these books. Now all of a sudden we're introduced to Nagini. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got you Grindelwald. Know, you got Grindelwald. Yeah. You got Dumbledore. Like yeah. it's all slowly starting to funnel its way into, and by the time the fifth one's over, we might find out like how Dumbledore became headmaster or something. Right, like, right, right, it right. could It could close at that at the Tom Riddle stage. It could yeah. close it when Voldemort is coming into... So, this uh, Hogwarts. This funnels into what I wanted to touch on when I was asking you about what you thought about the Fantastic Beast movies because I this is not I'm not the first one to have this opinion. This is I've been reading a lot of online chatter about this recently. People online don't know nothing. That's just what I do. I get on Reddit and read other people talking about movies because I'm obsessed with movies, but um I think a lot of people are of the mind if they truly don't like the Fantastic Beast movies, like if they have problems with them, here are their main problems. And I, I kind of tend to agree. Because while I like these movies, I think they could have been done differently. So I think what it seems like to me, it seems like J.K. Rowling really wanted to tell the story of Albus Dumbledore fighting Gellert Grindelwald mm-hmm. eventually. And their 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 timeline of going from lovers slash friends to mortal enemies. Well, 
it feels like the only way she knew how to do that was do it through this lens of Newt's commander and the fantastic beast, which is fine. But now it just seems like they have this movie series where they're kind of like half doing an attempt to tell Newt's commander's story and him dealing with fantastic beasts and kind of half doing a Dumbledore versus Grindelwald story. Whereas like, I feel like people might've just preferred, Hey, just do some movies about Newt's commander doing fantastic beast stuff and getting into hijinks and then do a movie series strictly about Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. Cause it feels like what they're doing right now is like this half effort of in between. And they're not really doing a good enough job of telling either one to the best of their ability. Does that make sense? Well, so <clears throat> here's my thought on that without seeing what's come out recently. The first one is more the introduction to Newt's commander and him coming over to America and, Somehow this is where Grindelwald is, right? Mm-hmm. And Newt's commander wasn't supposed to be in America. Yeah. So like, there's certain things. Newt's commander, I believe, was in Or before he was transferred to the magical creatures department. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of like loose ends that do get tied up if you like really sit there and process what's going on. So after you watch Crimes of Grindelwald, though, you learn. Dumbledore and Grindelwald made this blood pack, whatever it is, right? right and it's right. kept in this vial yeah. that you don't know if you can break. Yeah. That Grindelwald has. Yeah. And that they reference its existence means that Grindelwald can't attack Dumbledore and Dumbledore and, can't right. attack Grindelwald. Right. Yeah. So you got to look at it that people are like, well, just tell one story. Either tell Newt's commander's story or tell Dumbledore's. Dumbledore's story is going through Newt's commander. He's working directly with Dumbledore. Right. Dumbledore's passing all this information along. So Dumbledore's fighting Grindelwald in an in info war. Right? Yeah, in like an indirect way. He's like, yeah. I can't physically attack him. I yeah. can't do something to harm him just like he can't do to harm me. But here's all this information of stuff that we're compiling, right? So like Dumbledore's like, I'm working on the outside, but really I'm your main source of info. Yeah. Because he can't fight him. Yeah. So now he's fighting him through Newt's commander. Yeah. Who, one, is a very powerful wizard. And two, yeah, he's taking care of these fantastical, or fantastical, fantastic beasts. But if you paid attention in um, Crimes of Grindelwald, I can't remember what it's called, but the little weasel thing that's attracted to jewelry the and Niffler. coins. The, the Niffler. Niffler, yeah. That the, will go hilarious. rob everybody. Yeah. Robs Grindelwald. Yeah, takes the little jewel and thing takes it, the and at the, vial the, the end is when Grindelwald, yeah. or not Grindelwald, when Dumbledore and Scamander are walking across the bridge into... Um, into Hogwarts. Hogwarts, and he's like, can you destroy this? Yeah, and he's like, I don't know, maybe. Knowing yeah. that Dumbledore will have to fight Grindelwald to help yeah. just end this first, because this, I mean, this is, I guess you couldn't say he's necessarily the first bad wizard but maybe he's like the first main he's the first big bad that we're kind of aware of as viewers and right stuff. yeah <laughs> because like he's prior to Voldemort, prior he, Voldemort. Was, he was Voldemort right. yeah yeah and um the, obviously this is way post um Salazar Slytherin when yeah, yeah. Hogwarts was created so um I think the stories are being told good because you can't just be like yeah here's Newt Scamander who takes care of these beasts that to me wouldn't be interesting yeah so I think in Four and five, there's gonna be a, and maybe three. Um, I won't know until I see it, but maybe they will. It's all gonna come together and be tied together. Yeah, you know, I don't know any any ending. We know the ending for Dumbledore, right? We clearly will have to know the ending for. 
Grindelwald more or less. I think we kind of know Harry Potter. I don't think really answers it, but it kind of shows you a couple. You you do get the answer of what happens because they talk about this famous duel between Grindelwald and Dumbledore in 1945, and Dumbledore obviously wins. Right, and I think what happened is. Um, Grindelwald got sent to like an Azkaban sort of prison that's known as Nurmengard or something like that because you know Voldemort in the Deathly Hallows movies goes to visit Grindelwald looking for the Elder Wand and he's like this old kind of decrepit guy who's like sitting in a jail cell who's like kind of gone loopy right he goes that's grindelwald and he's like i don't have it anymore i know what you're looking for but i don't have it and he's like you know who has it because he beat me yeah and that's when voldemort like goes to dumbledore's grave and whatnot so like we obviously know they battle dumbledore wins and gellert grindelwald ends up in prison but like what i'm excited about is seeing this famous duel that's like talked about in the wizarding world of like Dumbledore versus Grindelwald, you know, it's like let's, fucking one of the most famous boxing matches. Of let's all just time hope that they you don't pull I mean? of Game of Thrones and are like one episode duel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, here's a 16 second duel that literally ends the entire show. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, this was the main fight of you know Game you, of Thrones. You know what I would like? What the fuck? You know what I really want out of it? I want the Dumbledore Voldemort duel at the end of order of the phoenix but like another 20 minutes of that yeah just like I want, a true I want, like yeah jumping multiple places yeah, fighting like, with multiple people i want like, them just flexing and showing how fucking awesome they are with magic and like two guys who are equally matched yeah. with their with you their magical what? abilities speaking of that i kind of wish like the harry voldemort duel at the end you know it's good like they bounce around but it's like and the, I mean, the music, the, the cinematic stuff yeah, makes yeah. it like that intense, like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah! <laughs> but it's like, they could have made that so much better. Well, you know what's interesting? If you really boil it down, the only reason Harry could defeat Voldemort is because of their shared past. And the fact that when Voldemort tried to kill Harry, part of his soul ended up in Harry, which made was Harry a, a he never meant to make. Yeah. And then also you have this thing that like the Elder Wand is not working for Voldemort because of this kind of explanation of the fact that uh, Draco was the one who disarmed Dumbledore. So technically the the wand's loyalty was to Draco, but then Harry stole Draco's wand, so now it's loyal to Harry. Like he was able to win because of these things that had happened. Technicalities, kind of, which is like not to take anything away from Harry. Like, shout out Harry for taking out Voldemort. We appreciate you, bro. But you know, it wasn't because Harry was a better wizard than Voldemort. I don't think anyone no. is denying that. But like, Dumbledore seemed like just on his own merits was like equal to Voldemort in terms of his capabilities as a wizard. Right. You know so, what I mean? so with that being said, if Dumbledore was still alive, Dumbledore would have easily killed Voldemort, in my opinion, with the Elder Wand. You, you would think that if all he the would have been able to were handle it. Like, gone, right? Like, obviously, Dumbledore was getting old. He was getting a little slower. But, like, Dumbledore was that fucking dude still. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well, but, I mean, think about it, right? If, if you're Voldemort and you have seven Horcruxes and you can feel every time one's destroyed. Yeah. So, the first one obviously gets destroyed in Chamber of Secrets in the diary. Mm-hmm. He, you know, when he's going in, the younger Tom Riddle is going in, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like... You know, he screams. You can tell a part of Voldemort yeah. just died because it's a piece of his soul. It's a piece like of, a his soul, right. of his soul, right? Just yeah. died. And then we don't really get into 
anymore until Half Blood Prince right. when they go and get it, and then they realize it's fake. Yeah. But if you're if you're Voldemort, you're like, okay, one of what he presumed was six mm-hmm. is dead. Yeah. I still got five chances, and I'm more or less invincible. Yeah, it's like kind of having five more lives or something. Right. You can't yeah. you can't kill me like. You can kill me a hundred times over and over again, but I'm still here because right. you didn't truly kill me. Because a piece of me is still existing somewhere. Right. That's the only reason, like, there was that, that was kind of his explanation, and he talks about it in Goblet of Fire of, like, what happened to him after he tried to kill Harry when he, Harry was a baby. Because his spell, like, rebounded and killed him, and he became this, like, disembodied, like, less than a ghost, like, this right. like, fragment of a soul and the only reason he was able to do that is because he had already made his Horcruxes. So the fact that those Horcruxes were out there kept him tethered to life, right. and then he was able to eventually like latch on to Quirrell, and then you know we we kind of know the rest of the story. But um, yeah, it's dude. That's why I love you know to go back to what we were talking about earlier. That's why I love the ending explanation, like the ending book and ending movies was so perfect and so satisfying with like how she put this capstone on this story and like explained what it was that Voldemort was doing that was making him so powerful and what made him such a threat. And it was also incredibly hard for Harry to not only find out what these Horcruxes are, like what objects they are, and then track them down and then destroy them and then fight Voldemort. Like it wasn't just like, I got to fight Voldemort at some point. It was like, no, no, no. You got to go around and like do all this so, other shit first, and then you have a chance to kill Voldemort. Imagine being... And a, not only you have to die before you can fight him for real. Right. So imagine being an 11-year-old <clears throat> living with your muggle aunt and uncle who treats you like shit. You know, you would probably have been better off in like an orphanage. Come to find out that you're a powerful wizard Yeah. at 11... And like maybe and the most you, important wizard in the world, <laughs> but you have zero knowledge of yeah, this. Yeah. Meanwhile, this world you didn't know existed knows entirely who you are. Knows your whole Not everything a about soul you, yeah. in that world didn't know of yeah. the story of Harry Potter. Yeah. Yet no one knew who he was, where yeah. he was, yeah. what he looked like. Yeah. Besides Dumbledore and, and McGonagall, like McGonagall and yeah, yeah. and um, Hagrid. Hagrid. So imagine being an eleven-year-old, and then you come into this, and Hagrid's slowly trying to tell you this story of like this bad wizard, this dark wizard yeah. who killed a lot of good wizards and Muggles, and he's the one that killed your parents. And you're an eleven-year-old, like, oh my god, I didn't, you know, I was told my parents died in a car crash. Yeah, like, yeah. you, and you're starting to process this at eleven. Yeah, <laughs> at eleven. That's your His balls have been dropped. You're yet. a fucking baby, basically. And now he's starting to learn, and then he goes to Hogwarts, and they're starting to learn about more things. And then you become, you come face to face with the exact man who killed your parents and yeah. is the darkest wizard in in your time. I guess he's probably Voldemort's probably the darkest wizard of all time, of all yeah. time, and probably the most powerful too. Yeah. And you come face to face with him as an eleven year old, and then you're like talking to Dumbledore. You're like. Well, what about the Sorcerer's Stones? Like, it's been destroyed. Yeah. Nicholas Flamel has what he needs. Speaking of Nicholas Flamel, he makes an appearance. And he does make an appearance. Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. <clears throat> um, funny old brittle dude, and you understand why he needed the yeah. Sorcerer's Stone. 
Um, and he's like, no, we destroyed it. And he goes, oh, so that means Voldemort's dead. And, and Dumbledore's like, well, no, there's ways he can come back. Yeah. He's like, no, not really. <laughs> he's like, just remember you're 11 now. Yeah. Wait, wait till you're 12. Yeah. And then you're, you're going to come face to face with an older one and learn more of his story. And then you're going to kill part of him, but you're not going to know you killed part of him yeah. until you're five years older. And dude, and like, speak, to, to, go, to, to go into what you're talking about, that's another thing that Severus Snape is one of the... He's got to be the most powerful wizard, actually. He Well, he's for sure an incredibly powerful, talented wizard. But what I was going to say is he's one of the best characters, not only in that story, but like in any story. Yeah. And it's so genius how she flipped the script with him because the entire time... We're brought up to hate him. You're, you're brought up to hate Snape because you're seeing everything through Harry's eyes. And he's such a dick to Harry the entire time. And you think he's so evil. He's like, oh, he's the head of Slytherin House. He's just Draco's mentor. Well, you think like, he's Voldemort. Yeah, and you're like, fuck this guy. This guy sucks. And then what the, the revelations that happen in Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows where Snape is arguably the most courageous and best person in that entire story. Like the sacrifices that he made and how talented and ballsy it was to be playing both sides the entire time and have it... Have Voldemort totally convinced that you're his, and have right. Dumbledore totally convinced that you're his at the same time, but the whole time knowing that you're on Dumbledore's side, and when it comes down to it, you're going to do what he's going to ask right. you to do. It's fucking genius. It's brilliant, dude. And remember, the last time we did our Harry Potter podcast, I had forgotten. I, I knew that like there was this moment where you're like, oh, Snape is actually a good guy, but I had forgotten what the explanation was. And essentially, now that I've read the books, I'm, I'm more refreshed on what it was. But essentially, it's like Snape, when he was at Hogwarts, was in love with Lily, who's Harry's mom. But it, it was prior to that. Yeah, even It was, even it was prior when to that. Lily found, like, she opened the Lily. Or yeah. Maybe, I don't know if it was a Lily. I don't know flowers. But she opened the flower in her hand. And yeah. Aunt Petunia yeah. was like, you're a freak. You're yeah. a freak. Yeah. And then he comes out of a tree and makes like all the leaves fly. Uh-huh. And, like that's Snape and Lily's connection. Like right. they started before, before either of before them. Before Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah. So they're like 10 or something. Right. Um, so he's in love with Lily. Lily, they were like friends on the, on the way to Hogwarts. They, friend zoned. They, they were yeah. He kind of got friend zoned, and Hard. then she ends up dating James Potter, who was a fucking dick, by the way. Yeah, James. James does not get a good look in, in all the flashbacks. Well, and he's, neither does Sirius. Yeah, he's Sirius is kind of an asshole him. too. Uh, Lupin was an OG. He yeah. was he was kind of humble, but like those two were were fuckers. But um, so this whole time he is in love with this woman that he can't have. Right. She ends up getting killed, and he's like torn apart by it like he's crushed and he you know apart they grow apart while they're in school he becomes a death eater starts following Voldemort turns into this you know supposedly bad guy but by Voldemort killing like the woman that he loves it makes him want to go onto Dumbledore's side and agree to become like a long-term spy essentially and then this revelation that basically you know his his patronus is Lily's patronus, and you you find this revelation that like Dumbledore is like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to continue to act like you're a Death Eater. You're going to be a spy for the Order of the Phoenix, basically. And what's going to happen is when Harry comes to Hogwarts, you're going to look after him and protect him with me. And right. until the time is right, 
you know, this whole time, it's very interesting to find out because Dumbledore is one of those guys who like, he either is figuring stuff out along the way. So he has his theories and he doesn't want to tell you because it's just a theory or he actually knows something, but he, he plays things close to the chest. So he doesn't, he doesn't let everyone in on what he's thinking all the time. Cause even he didn't tell Snape that Harry was one of Voldemort's Horcruxes until way later. Remember he like, well, I think, <clears throat> I think the reason for that though is because he knew that Snape still ne- didn't necessarily have Voldemort's trust. Yeah. So he knew he goes, you know, there's, it was in, um, it was in Half Blood Prince when yeah. he's like, I know you made the unbreakable vow with, yeah, um, the Malfoy, um, you know, his mother and everything, and and he goes, you have to be the one that kills me. Yeah. And he's like, you do because only then will he fully trust you. Agreed. And so, and then, and that's the same movie where he tells him because yeah. he has the poisoned hand, Dumbledore right. does that when it comes time. There's something you'll have to tell Harry. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, it's it's a it's a it's a two sided thing. So he's like, you have to be the one to kill me in order for Voldemort to fully trust you and to save Draco from having to do this thing right. that he really doesn't want to do. He's just he he, he would he wouldn't have Draco done it. plays at being evil, but he's not actually he's evil. a pussy. <laughs> and that curse that Dumbledore got on his hand through that ring, which was one of the Horcruxes, um. Snape had basically confined it to just his hand, but in the books they talk about, and I think they may cover it in the movie, I forget, but they talk about this is going to kill you at some point. This over curse, time, right. This curse over time is going to keep spreading and it's going to kill you. So it was simultaneously a mercy killing for Dumbledore to save him from a long, slow, painful death, and it was a way for, for Dumbledore to ensure that Voldemort now had Severus's full... He, he was bought in on set. Because like if right. Snape kills Dumbledore, Voldemort's like, all right, well, you're my guy then. Right. Well, and, and that's <clears> imperative <throat> because if Dumbledore tells Snape something, and, and obviously this is speculation, just looking outside of what we know, but if he tells Snape early on, hey, Harry's going to have to die at some point, Snape's yeah. sitting there going, what's the fucking point then? Yeah. Like, yeah. Snape had to remain who he was so that, Voldemort would trust him because yeah. if Voldemort got a any word that or Snape whiff, wasn't yeah. trustable, <clears throat> then Dumbledore loses Harry's closest guardian. Because right. you really got to think like Dumbledore, you could say is Harry's closest guardian, but he's like busy but doing other shit. Snape is Harry's yeah. true closest guardian, yeah. and I think, and this is just going to me kind of interpreting from the outside because I think it's kind of a fun you know thing to think about. I think Snape being a Death Eater was helping protect Lillian, James, and Harry. Kind of probably keeping updates on, hey, yeah, you know, here's what Voldemort's they're doing. Safe, they're safe. They're safe. They're safe. Because yeah. like Dumbledore says, he goes, they put their trust in the wrong hands. Right. And that was Wormtail. Yep. And he's the one that he was tipped him off keeper. to Voldemort. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, killed him. And yeah, so it's one of those things like. I remember that was deep. It's deep, man. And that's what I love about the layers that she built into. Like, Snape is a fantastic character. Oh, yeah. And I I love that scene where he's finally, like, Dumbledore's telling him all this. And and Snape finally realizes that, like, you're you're saying that Harry has to die so that we can defeat Voldemort. You've been raising him as a pig for slaughter. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Dumbledore's like, Yes, and I understand how you would hate me for that, but the important thing is that he has to die at the right time. Right. 
if he doesn't die at the right time, then all the other Horcruxes won't have been defeated, and we can't. He can't come back and try and defeat right. Voldemort. Like Dumbledore knew that, and so it's like telling Snape this is he's like, fuck. Like you know, it's like this is the woman that I love's son, and I have to do everything that I in my power to protect him. And in order to do so, I have to kill Dumbledore, who is like one of the greatest wizards of all time and one of my closest friends right. and mentors. And I have to let the woman that I love's son die. Right. Like that's a that's asking a lot of someone. And Snape was a fucking OG, man. Like well, he, he's he, one of the greatest characters he, ever. It's a fantastic, yeah. fantastically written character. Well, so kind of jumping off that ship though, part like I mean it's kind of the same thing. Going back to like extending the series and stories, there's a couple things I would like to know. I'd like to see the creation of Hogwarts with That'd the four cool. houses. That'd be really cool. Um, and the four, because they say those are like the founding fathers and, and right. mothers of yeah. um, magic, more or less, mm -hmm. right? So I'd want to see that, but I'd want to see how Dumbledore got. We, we know how he gets the Elder Wand, but where did he get the Resurrection Stone? Yeah. That he's like, yo, Harry, here's a resurrection stone in your fucking uh, snitch. <laughs> where did you get that? Yeah. And where did they get the invisibility cloak? So the invisibility cloak, I think I can answer that one. So, and this is not a spoiler for Fantastic Beasts because this no, is in Deathly right. Hallows. Um, you know how when Harry, so in for the movie wise, to, to so you can know what I'm talking about, in part one, in Deathly Hallows part one, Hermione and Harry go to Godric's Hollow and they're at the cemetery, right? Mm -hmm. To see um, Harry's parents' grave. Hermione brushes off the snow of this one grave and it says like Ignotus Peveril, I think is Percival. the name. Percival. Yeah, it's like Perveril or Percival. Something. Yeah, something like that. We, we, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You later end up learning from Luna's dad that the Peverils or the Percivals or whatever their name is were the three are rumored to be the three brothers right. from the Deathly Hallows right. story. The one, the... Yeah. Yeah, the, the Resurrection Stone, the Elder Wand, and the Cloak of Invisibility. So Dumbledore basically ends up explaining to Harry at the very, very, very end of Deathly Hallows, the book, that his Invisibility Cloak, he's a descendant of the Peverils, essentially. And the the cloak has been passed down. Right, you know, because at the end, they he <clears throat> the guy, when he was ready to yeah, die, gives from the invisibility cloak yeah, from the original story, the, his son. When he's an old man, death looks for him for his whole life. When he's an old man and he's ready to die, he takes off the cloak and gives it to his son. So like right, the story and then they part is, is equals. Yeah. So the story is like this cloak has been passed down in this family from father to son. So that means Harry's and, related to an extremely powerful family. Yes. And it makes sense because Harry got that cloak from James Potter. James Potter had that cloak when he was at school at Hogwarts. It's the and and they, they talk about how like there's other ways in the wizarding world to make yourself invisible, but like Dumbledore had never seen a cloak that good. Right. Like there's a lot of them that like over time they become shittier and they start exposing parts of you and all this kind of stuff. He was like that cloak. Is I am, I, cloak. I fully believe is the cloak of invisibility from the deathly hallows. Cause it is one very old and two it's impenetrable. Like you become completely and utterly invisible when you have right. it on. So and it's like it makes sense. Although like, he can see it, somewhere along the line, Peverils probably became Potters. I mean, I could see that leap. You know what I mean? And then it, it gets passed down through, or it was like Lily James's James's side, and James passes it down to Harry indirectly right. through Dumbledore. So, yeah. So that was kind of a cool revelation that I had forgotten about. Is Harry is related to 
arguably like one of the most famous and influential wizarding families in so, all of that world. So that the, means the that Dumbledore, <clears throat> because Grindelwald stole the wand, or he killed the wizard who had the wand. Yeah, I think he stole it from uh, Grigorovich, is like kind of the Ollivander in right. Russia or wherever the fuck. Um, and he Grindelwald stole it from him and, and had it for and Grigorovich however many killed years. The one who was bragging about it, the the brother who was who had yeah. it and was bragging about it. Yeah, and so, and then by Dumbledore defeating Grindelwald in this famous duel that we've yet to see, he like won right. the right because you have to win it in a duel. You don't yeah. kill the person who owns it unless it's in a duel. You yeah. you have to take it from them. Yeah, because there's a lot in the books too, especially about because you know how like Ollivander gets captured by Voldemort and tortured because Voldemort right, he's trying to learn wand law. He's he's trying to learn about wand lore and like this like there there are certain wizards like Ollivander who studied this like their entire life is right. devoted to studying wand lore and there's like this he starts talking about like there's this interesting connection between the wizard and the wand and like obviously we know from the Sorcerer's Stone the wand chooses the wizard but there's also like you can win its loyalty. Like if you kind of like Harry ends up um, jacking uh, Draco's wand and kind of like wins Draco's wand's loyalty from Draco to Harry because he's like taken the wand right. or like best. He, he won it and he bested yeah, Draco he's in a bested duel. Draco essentially. So like, but if you don't do that, if you just like pick up a wizard's wand and try and use it, it like won't work for you very well. That's oh, like in the <clears throat> when they're in the tent, he's like gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like some other person's wand that Ron just like had. He just stole. So it's like that part of it's really cool too. Of how like these wizards obviously have this magical ability, but they have to funnel it through their wand. And these wands almost have like souls of their own. They have like or minds of their own where they have these these bonds and these connections with the wizards who right. who own them. Essentially, it's very interesting stuff. I like that stuff. Yeah, I mean it's. It's a world we'll never know. And that's why, like, Voldemort captures Ollivander is because he's trying to figure out, like, what's the connection between... He didn't know the connection between his wand and Harry's. Because remember, right. Ollivander tells Harry in Sorcerer's Stone, like, the other... The, it's This wand's twin... Gave you that scar. Gave you that scar. So he's saying, like, it's essentially twin is Voldemort's wand. Dude, talk that's about, why like, the first they, creepy of part of oh, Harry yeah. Potter when he's in the wand shop and he goes... I wonder. And yeah. He looks down this dark like hallway. <laughs> an eleven year old kid standing there. And he picks it up, it's like, <gasps> they, yeah, they, like Oh yeah. They blow all the wind and his hair blows out of the way. And, and then Hagrid's like comes <laughs> on. Happy birthday, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, talk about the darkest moment in the movie though is when Hedwig <clears throat> died. Dude, I had totally forgotten about that and then I was reading the book and like he gets they're trying to escape on Hagrid's motorcycle and yep. that that spell misses harry barely and just kills hedwig just drops in her cage and i was like oh man like that's sad dude it's <laughs> oh, well, and, and in the movie they portray it as hedwig came in to help yeah save she, them she has a more valiant death she in like the movie, fights and then she's flying around them and whoever the yeah. wizard she was was attacking kills yeah. her and yeah like, and she turns upside down with her wings up and you're like you bastard like you son of a bitch kill that guy <laughs> i'd chase him down i'd be like nah. what let me ask you this. What death, either human or creature, in the movies hit you the hardest, like when you first saw him? Like, what was the most sad death? Um, I mean, being fictional deaths, it's like it doesn't relate to anything real life. Yeah, but I, know, I would but say 
I think I would have to say that probably the, you know, Dumbledore's death's probably the biggest one in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I think the three biggest deaths that truly had like a real life type impact were Fred. Yeah. That one sucked. And then, um, um, Tonks and Raymond. Yeah. Um, because they had just given birth to their, Mm -hmm. to their child. Um, but they gave their lives to protect Harry because they believed in him and they believed in the world that would come after. I loved Lupin, dude. Lupin was one of my favorite characters. Right. So like those three deaths, because it's, it's the hardest thing to do. Like in the movie, I thought that was the hardest point is you see the whole Weasley family around Fred's dead body. Right. You see Bill, LaFleur, Ron, Hermione, Janie. Yeah. Everybody around. And, and you can only imagine, like, if you lost Sam, right? Right. Like, it, that, that's what hit more to home. Um, Dumbledore had his brother. That was it. Yeah. And they obviously weren't close. Yeah. Um, Ramus and Tonks just had a child, but they're not necessarily, like, we didn't see any extended family for them. Mm-hmm. But you see an entire family distraught by the death of a brother. Yeah. And it's like that brought the most... Um, real life perspective into being like shit like yeah and then going looking at it from like <laughs> Harry's standpoint when you walk in into Hogwarts after everyone had just sacrificed for you all those people died and you can't necessarily say they died for him because they could have gotten killed whether right. Harry was there or not well they, they didn't have to be there if they didn't want to right <clears throat> and so it's part like but but you know Harry's gonna have that guilt because Harry in the movies is this you know, he doesn't want fame. He yeah. does. He just wants to blend in and yeah. be a normal. But he becomes person, everyone's but, leader and like the right. person that they all look to to stand up. To right. So, guy. so like yeah. the story of Harry, you would think, oh, after he defeats it, he's going to become the minister of magic and be like this big yeah. shot. And he's like, no, nah, I just, I think he becomes an an or and yeah, he like works, he works for the ministry, right? Yeah. But like, he doesn't want this big life. Mm-hmm. But you, he walks like if I was him, and you walk into there, you're like, all these people died for me, right? Not that I asked them to die for yeah. me, but you still, you're, but you feel all guilty these about people it, yeah. died for me, <clears throat> and there's nothing I could have done to save them, yeah. And that's when you know they're like, Voldemort comes in and is like, Harry needs to come and surrender himself, and yeah. then he does. He's he, I think it's the guilt that drives him, right. And he finds out he has to die anyways. But yeah. I think if he didn't find out, it would have been guilt that drove him to right. go do that. Because he's right. like, no more people will die. Yeah, he's like, I'm done with people for dying me. for me. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd say Fred's probably was like the one. I would Just say because it's more. That's, that one's really sad. I would say, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty sad when Dobby died, dude. Dobby was, Dude, okay. I totally. Yeah. <laughs> Dobby was a fucking real one, man. I love Dobby. And yeah. like, honestly. Throughout the entire story, Harry, there's no way Harry survives all these events without Dobby's help. In like okay. so many different instances, like Dobby comes in clutch as fuck. He's so, coming in. Dobby's coming in off the bench, hitting threes, the buzzer. So everyone to win calls fucking game seven of the finals just all the time. So do you think his name is Dobby or Doby? Because if you listen in the movies, to me they say Doby, the house elf. I think it's Dobby. And then people are like, "No, it's Dobby," and I'm like, "No, it's." Dobby and people are like no it's Dobby and I'm like it's 
Dobie the house elf. They, and I feel like they say Dobby in the movies. I think they say Dobie the house elf. Oh. Well, his name's it's spelled like D-O-B-B-Y, which to me is Dobby. See, to me, that would be more like Dobie. Well, it would be Dobie with one B, wouldn't it? If it was like D-O-B-Y or D-O-B-E-Y, it'd be Dobie. But there's two, so it's like an ah sound. It should be. It's Dobby. Why would the B's have an effect on the O? That's just, just English, dude. That's no, fucking English. English rules. Did you ever? No, there's no go rules in English, English class. <laughs> We're like, hey, guess what? There's fucking three theirs, and it's like, why can't we just make one? Let's <laughs> yeah. be like the rest of the world and simplify language. And they're like, there, there, and there. It's like, can you use it in a definition? Well, here, here's a here's a prime example of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Doobie versus like Dob. Like if there's two O's, it's ooh. If there's one O, it's ah. Like you, you that's English like uh, semantics or whatever. Not semantics, but uh, syntax. But I think it also depends on how your name's meant to be. Well, yeah, but like, like I know I know people do that where they'll like come up with a name and be like, it's pronounced this way, and you're like, yeah, well, the way it's spelled is actually not how you pronounce so, that. So, okay, perfect. there are ways to pronounce certain words based on how they're spelled. Perfect example, in my opinion, is my cousin has a daughter, and his wife is from Ireland, and their daughter's name is Saoirse. Saoirse. Right, which is a, I think it's Gaelic, so an Irish okay. girl's name. It's, it's common. I don't even fucking know how to spell this thing, though. I but, wouldn't even know where to begin. But We're getting real sidetracked, by the way. Let's get all came. But okay, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. I was just saying, we should maybe <laughs> but, figure out how to spell Sirsha at but, the end of the. But Dobie is his name. Um, Dobby. We'll just clear Dobby. clear that up. Yeah, that one stung. That one sucked, man. He was such an OG. But it's like, why? Why did he have to die? Well, you gotta. But give. it's a Steve Irwin shit. Harry fucking killed him. If he would have just left the knife in and not pulled it out of his heart, <laughs> it would have stopped the bleeding. It would have clotted. That's how Steve Irwin died. Well, who if knows? they would have, no, if they no, the doctors said they're like, if you would have, because I'm talking, died, I'm talking about doctors. No, 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 I'm not no, talking no, no, about no, no, Steve no. Irwin. It's, it's two in the same. Okay, okay, okay. same thing. Sharp, pointy object. Into Did the Dobby heart. get an autopsy? And that's what they said after his autopsy. Yeah, I gave him okay, the autopsy okay. after the Steve Irwin autopsy. <laughs> okay. I was like, we're just gonna put them together. All right. But then, of course, like Hermione's more worried about her and them are worried about she has mud blood written on her arm instead of like pulling out anything to help. Harry's like, help me. And I did think Luke that comes over so, and is just like now it's just like he's sleeping. And I'm like, no one fucking helped. So that that actually kind of I don't have a lot of um, annoyances about the movies, but there are certain little things that they that they now. changed like. In the movie, you think that, you know, while she's getting tortured, while Harry and Ron are downstairs in the dungeon or whatever, when you come up, all that you see that's been happening is is uh, Bellatrix, like, basically carved in the word mudblood with a knife into her arm. In the book, Bellatrix is using the Cruciatus curse on Hermione. So, like, that's why she's screaming. But in the movie, they don't really show her using the Cruciatus because curse on Hermione. Because they're showing Harry like, and Ron down. <clears throat> yeah, but it's like they kind of almost insinuate like the reason she's been screaming so so bad is because Bellatrix has been carving her with a well, knife, I, which like I kind of figured. Yeah, I get would that on. would hurt, but like the reason she'd be blood curdlingly screaming is because she's getting tortured basically well, by I magic. Kind of, I kind of figured something else was going on, but at that point in time, the story wasn't necessarily about Hermione. It was kind of like dude. There's also her. there's also so I I, I let um, Sam's wife Kayla borrow all the Harry Potter books because she had never read them. 
and she's hilarious. What? She's like all book all the way. Like she likes the movies, but like the movies to her are just uh, like don't do a, a service to right. the books, which like I can kind of get. But she did point out it was in Half Blood Prince, the movie. I think. Um, there's that part where at the borough, you know, where the Weasleys live. <clears throat> Bellatrix and these other Death Eaters like destroy the burrow, mm-hmm. like destroy the entire they house. Fly through it. That's literally not in the book anywhere. <laughs> she was like, "Why was that in the movie?" And I'm like, "I really don't know. That was like totally invented for the movie. That's not in the book anywhere." So like randomly, they just decided like these Death Eaters are going to just destroy the Weasley house because it looks cool or something. I don't know. It's just like weird things like that. It's like, why would you change that? I don't well, understand what I, that adds so, to the to the movie. So, you know, there's like the spell that you can put everything back together, right? Mm-hmm. The way it was. Reparo. So, yeah, they probably did that to their house. So to me, that might be like an extremely minute detail. No one died in any of that altercation. Yeah. So it's like if they fly through and the house blows up and lights on fire, they probably got it under control right away and yeah. like fix it up. So like to me, that's one of those things. It's like, that's what you notice. Like, that's, yeah, that's I mean, super, super, like, yeah. I wouldn't even say it's a detail in the story. Like, I mean, so it upset Kayla much more than it upset me. But when she pointed it out, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's not in the book at all. It's like they just, I get cutting things from the book, but that seemed like something they added in. It was like, why did you add that? You know what I mean? Like, well, what, was, if, what was the rationale to add that part? I don't it really it could have just been the scene, you know, they're fighting out in the... Just make them look more evil, I guess. Right, I but they're, they're fighting out in the wheat field or, or whatever field you want to call it. And just when they leave, like... Like I said, I don't... That, to me, is zero importance, whether it's in the book, out of the book, in the yeah, movie Yeah, I mean, it doesn't not. really it has affect... no effect Where you go anything. with things. But it's just a weird thing to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to just randomly destroy the Weasley household well, but, but I mean, for some reason. But I mean, think of this, though. Like, in the way they portray it in the movie, like... They're out in the fields fighting, and then you have Ramus and Tonks running out. You have um, Mr. Weasley running out there, and then, like, they fly away, and they go through the house, and he goes, Molly, right? Yeah. That was his main concern is running back to see his wife. If that doesn't happen, they just, like, nonchalantly go walking back through the fields. Like, bad yeah. Harry, don't go running out after <laughs> Bellatrix the Strange. And it's like so, – so I can see, like, just – it's it's cinematic, right? You, yeah. you need your movie yeah. to have a little bit more flair well, necessarily in the book. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm one of those people that obviously a lot of these movies that I watch, I have read the book as well. And it's cliche to say, but in most cases, the book is better and, and more, well, yeah. more in depth. But <clears throat> I will say, I don't get caught up too much in like, well, that wasn't in the book. I'm I'm fine with loose interpretations of books that I've we, read to movie form. You like have to be. There, there's a prime example. There's a there's a book called there's a movie called Annihilation. Um that's a really dope and sci-fi no one like trippy sci-fi movie that's based on a book by Jeff Vandermeer. And the movie is similar to the book, but also very, very different. Like the main core ideas are there, but a lot of the way the events unfold is not at all how they happen in the book. But <clears throat> That being said, I love the book and I like the movie a lot. Like, I'm not that upset that it didn't follow the book, you know, to a T. Right. It's like I just like this story and this idea. If you're if you're willing to tell it to me in a different way, I'm cool with that. I, well, it's not that upset. You have to me, to you have honest. to look from from another perspective too. And I know we've probably discussed this too. And and like you said, it doesn't matter necessarily to follow. But if you have a book, you need to follow the storyline. You can 
if you have a 700 page book for one year, I think, and I could be just bullshitting here. I'm probably just bullshitting. and we'll just clarify that. Um, but you got to think that 700 pages is going to be a three hour long movie in itself. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's a lot of story. There's a or, lot going or, on there. And that's <clears throat> a three hour movie just cutting everything else yeah. out. Right. So imagine a 700 page book, three, three hour movie cutting a lot out, not cutting anything out. Yeah, you're you, probably you looking at it, really. nine to twelve hours. I think they yeah. said Lord of the Rings, the uncut version, is like eleven hours or something, and they're like, and they're missing like ninety percent of the books in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I'm like, so we watched three three and a half hour movies, and we're missing like half of everything. And like you're missing more than half. And yeah, it's you like, just can't. It's just a mind boggling thing to think yeah, about. You can't that, really like movies can only really scrape the surface of the level of right, detail they, and they depth hit, that the books have. Right. Because you just you can go so much deeper in eight hundred pages than you can in a two and a half hour runtime for a movie. Right. You just there's just stuff that in the essence of time you have to cut out because it just you that's can't just, include it all. That's just funny to me that <clears throat> Kayla's like you know what? They didn't blow up the house in Lord of the Phoenix. Right? <laughs> it's like, what? Well, I'm telling you, dude, if you talk to her about it, she is a book purist at this point. Like, she's like, yeah, the movies are fine, but like the books are where it's at. I'm like, I get what you're saying. Like the books are better, you have to but I still like, I, I like the movies still. Right. You know what I mean? You, have, like, you have to approach everything differently. They, I will say though, in my opinion, after watching Game of Thrones like 400 times now, <laughs> had Harry Potter or like Lord of the Rings never come out with movies, if they would have done a a TV show, a TV format. show yeah. where like year one was a, a fifteen season. episode season, yeah. just yeah. year one, dude, there would be certain episodes you're like, "Holy shit, this is really hard to get through." And then there's other episodes where you're like, "Oh my god." I can't yeah. So I I I've heard people bring that up of like if they ever do do a remake of Harry Potter, which I'm not really sure how I feel about. I don't know if they it would have do to that. be in like thirty years. Yeah, I think the television format would honestly lend itself better because you could kind of do like we were saying, you could, you could do like a seven season show and every season is one book Yeah, and you have 10 to 15 episodes per season to tell the story of that book. And that way you're not leaving anything out. Right. You have, then you can nitpick between, yeah, you have 12 hours of time to tell this story. You know, it's like, it's fine that it's 800 right. pages. We have 15 episodes. We have 15 hours to tell this. So I think, you know, Game of Thrones, certainly they can go into much more depth from the books because they're doing it in a television format. Like if they were doing movies, it would oh, be the same so thing. There would be boring, so much man. that's left out of uh, out of the movies because there's just... I guess, I guess the movies would have been really good because there would have been certain episodes that you're like, man, this really didn't have anything, but you would be missing so... Like we mi- yeah. you miss so much information about well, this stuff. But again, I, I've said this a lot during this podcast, it's a, it's a double-sided thing because like... Yes, you can go into more depth than a television show, but unless you're Game of Thrones where you have HBO's backing in terms of the right. however many millions of dollars they put into it, the movies are going to have the bigger budgets. So right. like Harry Potter... The, it's all hindsight. The events of Harry Potter, the movies are so big. They're like big event movies because it was a movie studio making a movie, not amc or amazon or apple doing a television show like right. well there's it's, just it's not hindsight there's, there's a there's a different level of so like depending on what medium you're doing you're sacrificing th- certain things for other right. stuff well, like, and, and like the, I said, mo- the movies you have better effects better spectacle but maybe less story whereas like the tv show version would be more story but maybe the visual effects aren't as good and yada 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 it, well so. like i said it's all hindsight <clears throat> because you look and like you're like oh 
you know, HBO with Game of Thrones did it right. You know, they're just they, they made a sh- TV show off of books, but they didn't try and make a movie. Yeah. Right. So, so it worked out for them. So it's all hindsight because Harry Potter released the book and then two years later released a movie. Mm-hmm. Or I guess I think it's four years later, I guess. Yeah. But it's like it worked for them. Yeah. Right. So it's I like I don't have any complaints. I mean, they did what they set out to do. They told the story of Harry Potter. I also think in, in movies. It's easier in this kind of jumping ship again, but it's easier to do a movie series with the same actors than a show because yeah. if you're like in you're like, hey, all right, we're coming up to season seven, which is your final year here, and they're like, We've been doing this. This this will be, you know, what, my hundred and fifteenth episode. <laughs> and you're just kinda like, I'm tired, like I yeah. want to like like Steve Carell did with The Office, leaves, or yeah, or he, he wants to go to explore yeah. movies, or he, what, he or what happens is they become a star on the show because of the show, and then they start wanting more money, and then right. the TV shows like, well, we don't have that money, and then they end up having to recast that role because that guy right. wanted too much so, money. So like, imagine Daniel yeah, Radcliffe leaves after Goblet of Fire, right? And you're like, well, what? And the then they fuck have to recast this? Harry. It's like the most important right. role of the entire story. Yeah, you're like, it, it just, it, it doesn't, like, it just wouldn't make sense. So like, there's no complaints. It's all hindsight of like, a Harry Potter show would be like legit. Like yeah. they go through the books, but at the same time, like you said, you could sit there and be like, eh, no, right. Although I have heard some rumblings, some rumors that they are planning on HBO Max is planning on doing a Harry Potter show. So I don't know what that show is going to be about. I don't know if they're going to just do a retread of the Harry Potter story or if they're going to do something else. You would think they're probably going to do something else, like maybe would, make a story about the inventors of the Marauder's Map and their escapades at right. Hogwarts or, or, or like, like the that, founding I, of Hogwarts. Like, 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 I'm down for that. That's right. cool. Make a TV show about that. I'll watch it. But like, I don't want them to just do like, all right, guys, here's the Harry Potter TV show and first season is Sorcerer's Stone. It's like, yeah, well, the movies just came out not that long ago, right. guys. Right, you, you like, have to give it... Let them breathe a Like 30 while. to yeah. 40 yeah. years, and yeah. then you're like, like all right, Do we really need a remake this. right now? No. Like, no. It would, it would ruin it. I don't yeah. even know if I could... I would watch it, but I don't know if I'd want to watch it. Yeah, and it would just end up being disappointing, I feel like, because you're like, well, this is not what I remember. And plus, we're in like a little bit of, a, uh, of an unfortunate situation because... We watched those movies when we were kids. Right. So, like, it's just ingrained in, like, our childhood right. that this is Harry Potter. So now if you, like, do it differently, we're like, yeah, that's the new not generation Harry Potter, like, though. This like, is Harry Potter. Yeah, like, no, like, you're no. a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> you're a fucking fraud, kid. Yeah. I don't know. It would be cool. I would probably like to watch them, but just make side stories. Yeah. But speaking of that, isn't it insane that there's no... I mean, there's other movie franchises that have had the success but tell me a franchise that has had the success from book to movie to hey we have the 25 days of christmas and we're gonna non-stop play harry potter on freeform hey it's some random week where we're gonna show non-stop harry potter on usa or hey, sci-fi <laughs> hbo has all the harry potters on yeah. it 24 7 hey there's massive theme parks just for Harry Potter in, I think there's one in China and then there's two here in the US and yeah. there might be other ones elsewhere. Hey, you go to London, you can go visit Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Yeah. You can go do the all Harry of this. Exhibit right, stuff, yeah. all of this other shit. And guess what? It's the busiest shit ever. Like, yeah. like name another iconic thing that has... <clears throat> just taken the world by storm it's it's for sure in one of a handful of 
you know, intellectual property ideas that has reached the level of popularity that it has. Like there's only a couple other I, ones that are like that. And you, you can, know what? You can put Star Wars in there, but you have to take out the book side of Star Wars. Yeah, if you're just and talking books, exist. obviously that t- brings it down to like a much, but much, see, much I'm talking about list. like everything. Like goes from a book to yeah. a like you could say Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones doesn't have exhibits. They don't have yeah. a. Th- Imagine a Game of Thrones theme park. I'm sure that's I'm gonna coming. Go, at I'm some gonna go point. ride with the Dothraki horde real quick. And like, <laughs> <gasps> well, you know what I was gonna say, Harry Potter. Mania has not like it's as strong now as it ever has been. I feel like, like Harry yeah, Potter just, is just as popular now as it was in two thousand and one when the first yeah. movie came out. I, I I genuinely feel that. But way. But like you said, we watch it as kids, and now our generation is starting to have kids. Because you know what's interesting? There are certain things like someone pointed this out the other day, and obviously this is not a series. It's gonna supposedly gonna turn into a series, but Avatar was like the biggest movie. Ever when it came out, and fucking no one talks about Avatar anymore. It's like, because they've been how many Avatar conversations have you had with people in the last like fifteen years? None, because years? they said that the next movie was going to come out like ten years ago. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just every and year like, it's like, oh, it's coming. Well, and I think but the like, thing with Avatar, my my comparison was like that movie is the highest grossing movie of all time, or actually now one of the highest grossing movies of all time, and no one talks about it. But Harry Potter. There's still people every single yeah. day rereading the books or reading the books for the first time or seeing the movies for the first time. I mean, shit, I'm 28 years old and I'm, I just reread the entire series after having read them when I was like 10. Right. You know what I mean? So like it's still part of our pop culture zeitgeist well, and, and I, people are I think still even, excited about it. I think theaters even <clears throat> do reruns. Like yeah. there's certain times where they're like, hey, we're sharing Harry Potter, yeah. Sorcerer's Stone or whatever for like a $2 ticket. Yeah. You well, know. and like you said... Sci-fi, I don't think I've ever turned on sci-fi and they've not been showing Harry Potter. It's they sci-fi literally, USA. I yeah. think TNT now does. I think yeah. they're all owned by the same company. But yeah. It's like it's definitely freeform sci-fi it. and Freeform and USA, USA are like the three that every time I'm on there, but Harry Potter's on. Every I think again time. during Christmas, I think ABC will even do, yep. they'll yep. play like a week of Harry. And it's just like, no, other, there's, there's nothing else out there that is this big. It's it's just massive. It's huge. And like just the lasting impact of it. Like I don't see it slowing down. Like the fact that there's a theme park. Like think about this. If you had kids today, when they're whatever age they're going to be when they can start reading books and watching these movies and kind of really connecting My with them. My kid will come out of the womb reading. <laughs> you can have them read the books. You can have them watch the movies. And then you can take them to fucking Universal Studios to Harry Potter World. Right. Like that's nuts. The only the only other thing you can really do that with is like Star Wars, and like you said, that's not based on books. It's all right. Movies you, you can and, be like, look at these movies and get them right. into the Star yeah. Wars type thing. But like, there's not really any other thing where you can go. Like, you can actually go sit in the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> right? And you can go like walk into Gringotts Bank. Like, there are right. very very you can go very have few, a butter beer, which is yeah, delicious, by the way. Very few stories that you can go to a physical place and like experience being in that world. Like right. that's how massive it is. It's fucking insane. Yeah, it's just I love it, dude. I love Harry Potter so much. And and people like your favorite thing is Star Wars, mine's Harry Potter, and it's just like I I never get tired of it. I've yeah, watched the I'm movies, the way, yeah. every single movie I have probably seen I I would probably say 100 times. So did you I know that I've been keeping you updated on like the fact that I've been rereading the books and watching the movies. 
You you started a rewatch, didn't you? Did you already not, finish it? Not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I watched um, Fantastic Beasts because oh, I was going right. to go see it with you, you guys okay, last yeah, week, yeah, okay. and then um, I was going to start Harry Potter this week, but I just I hadn't pulled a trigger yet. But now you probably so, will. <laughs> talking you know, about I've, it. I've got uh, now you're due. <laughs> you know, it's only five o'clock. I probably could get four movies in today, <laughs> maybe five. Well. Um, let me know what you think when you see the new Fantastic Beasts. I'd be curious to get your opinion on it. Because I liked it. Um, I don't know if I liked it more or less than the other movies. I haven't really had a chance to formulate a strong opinion on it. I just think, like I said, I'll, I won't, without saying any spoilers, what I told you the other day still rings true for me. It feels like a placeholder movie for whatever movie they're doing next. Which I think is fine is maybe it slowly ties a couple loose ends together. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, like you'll, stuff you'll definitely know, obviously, but happens, but I kind of wanted more to happen, if that makes sense. Like, it felt like they're like, okay, you're setting me up for this next movie. Right, so so they're getting you to be drawn in already to the next movie. Yeah. You're kind of yeah. like, all right, you, you gave me that filler. Yeah. Now give me more. Yeah. So I anticipate the next one, if they do make another one, because it's planned for five. Um, I anticipate the next one, like some shit going down, right. like a lot of stuff happening, hopefully. So, well, hopefully I, yeah, I get to see it in the next week or two and well, yeah, let me know what you think when you do. I probably got to get out of here, man. We got to wrap this up. Yeah. Soon. Dude, you leave my house. You, you don't even pay rent. Sure. Right. No, but yeah, Harry Potter. I mean, shit, if you haven't seen or read the books, seen the movies or read the books, um, <laughs> we don't have enough yeah, time for a therapy you, session for you. So. If you haven't read the books um, and you've seen the movies, I highly recommend that you read the books. They're fantastic. Like I said, I just reread them for the first time like as an adult. Um, and I loved them as a kid and I love them as an adult. They're, they they hold up. Like it, People of all ages can enjoy that story. And yes. um, you know, I think this is one of those worlds that's going to be with us for a while. They're going to keep making TV shows, keep making movies. So um, if you like it, you know, it's a good time to be alive because there's going to be more Wizarding World content coming out for the next however many years. So Yes. And you can always start with Fantastic Beasts. Um, yeah. They, like we said, though, they're not going to give you that pull that Harry Potter yeah. does, but they're not bad movies to watch. You know, Yeah, if, they're definitely entertaining. If you want a small yeah. taste, a Fantastic Beasts movie isn't – they're not hard to get into. Um, but, yeah, just I would start getting into them. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's our wizarding. That's world our podcast. wizarding world podcast. So, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening and, this far. Um, How long have we been ranting here? Um, just under two hours. Oh, nice. Maybe like an hour forty-five. Good. That, but, I feel like that's that's enough time. That's sufficient yeah. time for a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, I think our next one we might it might be longer. In my opinion, though, I think we're gonna do one on ancient civilizations. Or, well, maybe not all in one. Otherwise, we'll be here for like eight hours. But um, I think we'll start off with either like Egypt or the Mayans or Aztecs or Incans. Um, and then, you know, we'll probably do like Romans at some point. I think that would be a fun like little series of ancient civilizations. And then we do want to do a pyramid episode where we're talking more or less solely on pyramids and not the civilization itself. So maybe we'll we'll do like the civilizations. And then when we've done that, we can be like, we're going to talk about pyramids because we have the information from the civilizations that we can just yeah piece together because aliens built yeah. them <laughs> yes those those ones are going to take some research so yeah hopefully we'll we'll do that next i'm gonna have to do some uh some googling but yeah but yeah i gotta come prepared with some shit to talk about but um 
I did not need any notes to talk about Harry Potter because I love Harry Potter. But anyway, thank you for listening this this far. Um, thanks for joining us today and and tune in to the podcast feed wherever you're listening to this for our next episode. So yeah, and um, yeah, we'll see you guys in a week or so. <laughs> Till next time. Thanks everybody. Hashtag Team Depth.